Hello and welcome to Money Bee Week. This is Steve Grosser with Paul Vigna and Steve Russolillo. This week we'll be talking a little end of year or rest of year predictions after this. If you don't have a will, the court may dictate what happens to your property and minor children. Don't let that happen. It's National Make-A-Will Month, so call or visit LegalZoom today for special pricing on wills and living trusts. LegalZoom has been helping people protect their families for over 13 years. They make it painless to get the legal help you need. Don't forget to enter WSJ in the referral box at checkout to save more. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help, but they're not a law firm. Protect your family and future today at LegalZoom.com. So, it's Labor Day weekend. We're the only fools uh, really in the office. Uh, someone has to put out a blog and a paper. What do you think? It's a good time to sort of have this sort of moment of reflection. We've had an incredibly slow July and August in terms of vol- volume. But the market has, you know, after sort of hitting the mid – in the doldrums in the middle of the, uh, of the summer has, has risen steadily. This is, this is poised to be the best – August for the S&P 500 since the year 2000. How much are we up? Do you know? Almost about 4%. 4%. Give or take a little bit. But yeah, about 4%, which is and crazy about nine, to think about that. about 9% for the year? Uh, yeah, yeah. 8 to 9% for the year. Uh, I, I just want to say I'm I'm surprised that the coach didn't put me in the big seat because I really think I Wally pipped you Ooh. last week. I was open. I was open. I was going to bring that up. I, I, I mean, I, I do feel like I, you know, go on vacation for two weeks and Vinya steps up. But I, I, I don't. I I, you know, you know Grosser, I, I was I impressed I though because Grosser, I thought you were actually going to try to do. You weren't going to be yourself. You were going to try to do something out to Vinya. But I was glad that you were yourself. Well, it is actually the, the Friday he, he before. Remained, remained it is the Friday before Labor Day. We really have nothing to talk about. <laughs> so uh, it makes it it makes it look the material wasn't there, but oh, you did it. You, but, know what, you just you did a solid would, job would, on that. I would yeah. make the point it's that very solid. you know, I mean, Vinya is the Lou Gehrig <laughs> of our group. He I, I every am? day because I'm, I'm as old as Lou Gehrig. <laughs> well, that's true too. But you, I mean, morning you do the you know Money Beat show every day. I do. Every I day mean, except, I, except I'm, I'm, I'm is a professional. I, he is a professional. I aspire. To be Paul, we Vinia. all do. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. Uh, aspiring to be Paul Vinia. Uh I think. Don't hold that over. Uh, I, I will. I will say this to to get back to your your point. That was a fun little you know interlude there. But uh, I I think the market will keep rising through the rest of the year as well. I you know how much, how volatile, day to day. Whoa, you know, whoa, 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 yes, whoa! N- Papa Bear, Paul Vinia. Well, Says the market's going to go it, up. It doesn't mean that I'm bullish. Doesn't mean that I think the market's going up because I think the market is fundamentally valued or things are great or whatever. I think things are very, very bad and I think they could get worse. But I think the market absolutely doesn't care. And until you see a real turn in the market, I'm, I'm. And look, I have, I have more or less felt this way since the Fed announced QE3. I remember we were sitting here when they announced it and we said, "That's it. They're going to new highs." You know, until you see. Oh, and I know this is an easy thing to say, but I mean, until you see a real correction, you're not going to see a correction. How many four or five percent pullbacks have we seen? And every single one has been flipped, and they just so, keep so buying and sending it so higher. Do you think we're going to? So do- my, I'm just going to say my 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 call that I think the market is going to keep going higher is about as cynically reasoned as you can imagine. <laughs> well, the question is now: when you say going higher, do you think we're going to finish higher than this, the eight or nine percent we're up right now? Uh, do I think the market is going yeah. to finish higher up than the eight or nine percent? That it yes. is now? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Was well, that unclear? Yeah. I, well, yeah, you said we. You know, and, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. We. Yeah. 
We do that. I do. I do. I do it on the show sometimes too. We talk about this. That that was unclear. Pet pet peeve. Yeah, Yeah, that was. It was unclear. Uh, I've done. I did it this week, Steve. When you were on. Oh, remember that? You caught yourself. I caught myself. Yeah, Yeah. because we folks, we are not the market. We are reporters outside the market, talking about the market. Uh, Yeah, I think one person in the market. (laughs) Well, you know, the royal we, the editorial we. I I think the market will end up higher than where it is right here. It's up what eight some odd percent. Mm -hmm. I do think it'll end up higher because a lot of people. I mean, mean, a lot of people are talking about like the idea that there will be a pullback, um, and then the market will you know sort of march higher, and uh, which is sort of the trend that we've sort of seen you know uh, um, this entire year is like you get that five to seven pullback and then it goes higher. But you know, you know what's really interesting though is that. this is a midterm election year, and in midterm election years, you almost always, if not always, see a 10% drop in, in the summer of those years. It always happens. You go back, I think the data going back to the early 60s, it's been pretty much every year. The last one being 2010, there was a, a, a pullback of that magnitude in the summer of 2010. You always see one in the these particular years. Now, people can debate, you know, is it politics that drives it? Is it something else that drives it? Is it just is it just a coincidence that those particular years happen to have these pullbacks? And they're all all those are fine arguments, but you see it every single time and it hasn't happened this time. And a lot of people were saying in late July and early August that this is the pullback. This is the pullback that always right. happens in the summer. And that was only a 4% drop and that drop was wiped away within days which is astonishing i think uh, considering everything going on around around the world but this is the trend that has taken place since as you mentioned paul since qe3 was put in place is that all the pullbacks have been shorter and shallower right. than the previous ones and people are just really bullish they're buying and it it could continue. I mean, yes, the Fed is pulling back on a stimulus. Yes, there's talk that the Fed's going to raise rates. It looks like the middle of 2015 is the time frame for that. But right now, that isn't a huge worry well, at the moment. Let's throw this out there. Now, you're everyone's getting bullish. Everyone wants to be a buyer. The market has risen. The market has you know risen on absolutely no volume. I mean, now are we it's, setting, now it's August. Are, are we know. setting? Are we setting ourselves up for the pullback? I mean, you know, is complacency setting in? The, the the problem with all the with 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 that argument is that that's something that people have been talking about for years now. Right, it's almost but, the same question, and it's the same. But which, is it, isn't that the isn't that true of every time that you know the market keeps rising? You know that you have the people who yes. you know call for the pullback. I mean, one of these times they're going to be right. Look, the, the, right, right. The, the issue is right now that. The market does not give a fig about anything but central bank policy. You scared me when you said fig there. I, I know, but know I knew where, where I was going. <laughs> I knew where I was going. I knew, this is my clever little wordplay there. Um, they don't care. If you look at the situation in Russia, Ukraine, how that could affect Europe, Europe's economy is already weak. Uh, Vladimir Putin is just – the things that are coming out of his mouth – when you compare them to what is actually happening on the ground, it's just astonishing that he has the gall to say some of these things. This is a bad situation. It is going to affect an already weakened European economy, the EU. The EU collectively is the largest economic zone in the world. Nobody cares because Mario Draghi at Jackson Hole offers some kind of speech that is basically just jawboning, which he has been doing for three years, two years as long as it's amazing, no one wants to call this guy on the carpet, and the markets are not going to push him to actually back up his words. All he has to do is just keep talking, and everyone's satisfied. The Fed 
They are still pumping money into the system. Even when QE is done, rates are at zero, and they're going to be at zero for God knows how much longer. And even once they start raising, they're years away from anything that could resemble normal policy. That's all the market looks at because it just means that there's cheap money flowing into the markets. And that, and that and that's it. Does that mean that, that things are great? No, things are not particularly great. The markets don't care. I'm sorry. They just don't. Well, there's also – what, Fundamentally what, what, good things yeah, happening yeah. in the market. What was GDP? Too. GDP came in four point two percent. That's what, the revised of uh, the first second quarter. What was uh, uh, what was uh, earnings? Seven point seven percent second quarter earnings. Growth. And where does seven where does seven point seven rank with it, like sort of the historical? It's pretty much right around historically average growth. So I, I I'm not disagreeing with Paul. There's a lot of things out there that the market should be. Worried no, no, about no, no, that, there, that, there that definitely is. Yeah, but there are also good things that are happening right now that are driving the market. Another thing with uh, all the the celebration around S and P two thousand this week, uh, the journal did a lot of coverage looking at what the S and P looked like when it hit one thousand in nineteen ninety eight. So of course nineteen ninety eight was a couple was as the tech bubble was really really. Blowing up. Uh, I mean, I think '98 was when you know Greenspan made his famous comment about you know irrational exuberance. Yeah, in fact. It, it was '96. Yeah, it might have been a few years earlier than that. '95 or '96. It was earlier than like right. he said it, but and then things got really heated after. It was '95 yeah. or '96? Right, after. right. So, but but getting back to what the market looked like in 1998, the the valuation of the market was a lot pricier than it is today, and a lot of that is due to the fact that earnings growth now has actually out over the past 16 years has outpaced what the market has done over the past 16 years. So. That's, I think, un- a, a pretty good underlying bullish fundamental factor right there uh, just just for the market. But, I mean, I, I don't disagree with Paul either, though, because there are so many things right now that should be causing people to be a little bit worried or maybe even a lot more than just a little bit worried, and they're not. And they're not. And look, to, to get back to my point, Grocer, I saw you smiling when you talked about GDP and earnings growth. You know? Hey, I was I was when the you one. Have, I was first the one, off, first I off, the, I was the one who was saying that, the, you know, just a few minutes ago was the one arguing that, it, what, shouldn't we be, you know, things aren't going to be keep going up. There might be a pullback. First off on the GDP, you know, look, those are seasonally adjusted numbers. You can't look at the second quarter without looking at the first half. And the first half was a huge downside. You know, the the numbers even out to almost no growth in the first half. So let's not get too excited about the one quarter of GDP. And we had, you know, retail sales this morning, consumer spending this morning. That was a weak report for July. So let's not get crazy about a roaring economy. And earnings, you have average earnings growth. And look, you cannot – you have to look Paul, at all Paul, of this Paul, in Paul, terms of the fact Paul, that Paul, 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 the Paul. Fed has rates at zero and they have had it there for almost six years. It is unprecedented, historically easy central bank monetary policy and all you are getting out of it is average growth. I'm sorry. That's all you – and you, know, you talk about 98 when you had just spectacular growth in GDP, in earnings, in – the valuations were off the charts. You had a much tighter Fed because they were trying to keep a lid on things. Totally different situation. So w- which one is better? 98. As excessive as the dot-com bubble was, 98. Because look at the fallout. I mean, really, look at the fallout. You did have a recession. You did have a bubble burst. It was in tech. It was contained. Yes, you had a very shallow recession, which Alan Greenspan completely overreacted to and set us up for the whole housing thing. But 
98, you had real actual economic growth. You had real actual low unemployment and real wages growing. It didn't last for very long, but for that brief period of time, you did have an actual U.S. economy, a, the world's biggest economy, which is not supposed to grow as fast as it did. It was really growing. So, yeah, as, as much as you had excess in 98 in the dot-com bubble, I say that 98 was better than today. I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I don't even see how. Wow, it's, really? I wouldn't. Say, I don't. Can even, I can I undo this mic and drop it and, <laughs> and walk off? Oh no! I, I mean, I don't even see how it's even comparable. I don't know. I mean, you ask me to compare. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, like you know, we're still coming off of you know one of the like you know the deepest financial uh, you know meltdowns in the in in the history uh, in our lifetimes, and not in our lifetimes ever. Yeah. I mean, you just right. had Bernanke. Who has studied the Great Depression more than just about anyone? You know, in court testimony, you know, saying that this was worse than the Depression. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, like the reality is, and the, and this is why I, you know, I consistently don't understand the sort of the froth from you. I mean, I why why I mean that it, fundamentally is why we're not seeing the growth. I mean, the Fed has tried to do everything it possibly can to stimulate the economy, and the economy is you know right now, and this is where we sort of you know. You always think you're disagreeing with me, but you're you're really not. I don't think the economy is you know super strong or anything like that. No. But I think there. I'm, I'm not going to dis completely disregard positive signs, which you like to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, completely disagree. I mean, you no, you to make your argument, you will often debunk. About, well, it's not know. debunk; it's disregard and also. <laughs> Okay, and, and go looking and go looking for the. I mean, like that's. The, I mean, and and it is true. I mean, you can pick out, and and this has been throughout the history of this recovery. You know, signs that are positive, signs that are poor, and you can probably do that through any period. You know, just you know, to some probably, degree. Yes. But I mean, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll start getting more and more of the sign the signs, you know, that are showing positive. You know, that, like the economy is gaining traction. Well, getting back to the, the 98 comparison, though, uh, our colleague Jim Browning had a great column on Money Beat earlier this week talking about how everything right now is just very expensive. Whether you look at U.S. stocks or you look at, you know, risky junk bonds or you look at conservative treasury bonds or you look at you, you go overseas and, and you look at, at international stocks. I mean, it, it's really hard to find a pocket of the market right now that is cheap by any traditional metric. And so that's a big difference from 98 because in 98, really, it was just tech that went tech stocks that went out of control mm -hmm. and then tech stocks, the bubble burst and then they had the huge, huge drop. But it, the, the bubble was really contained in one sector there was contained in technology stocks. And this is this is what Jim wrote about. He said, you know, the, there's it's good and bad the the situation that that the market is in now because the the, the positive sign is that you know you sort of have everything that's mo moving I don't want to say in tandem but everything is moving in in a similar direction here but but the the negative of that is that if you do get a a, a big correction or you get a, a new bear market or whatever it could take everything down with it there really isn't a very specific frothy part of the yeah. market it's really just everything is expensive and, and my my concern grocer is that what we have right now is a situation where you <clears throat> basically have Debt-fueled growth, and that just is not realistic, and that is not sustainable. No, it's and, not. Real. And so, until you have a situation where you don't have that, until you have a situation where you have a, a Federal Reserve that does have at least a neutral monetary policy, and you still have growth, until I see that, I'm I'm going to remain 
stuck where I am. I'm going to stick to my guns, remain in my corner, whatever metaphor you want to use. I, I, I don't believe that what we're seeing is real or sustainable. Well, I mean, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, I do, you know, a little bit. I mean, I think we're starting to see signs that it is gaining traction. Um, and whether it is sustainable, it, you know, I can't. I'm the thinking, Fed doesn't I, think so. I, I wasn't finished. Thank you. Um, is the big question. I mean, and, and you're right. The Fed, you know, doesn't know that. Otherwise, you know, the Fed would be moving probably quicker. Mm-hmm. The Fed is, I think, getting hopeful that it is. Um, and, and I think some people in the Fed are starting to think that way. Um, but, you know, I think the difference is I don't think anyone, you know, um, in, you know, in this many, many times that we've had this discussion in the podcast or anything like that, thinks that the economy is roaring, as strong as, you know, on its own two feet and in, 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 in any way, you know, robust. No. And, and, and I think, you know, we've consistently and I think everyone on the podcast has consistently agreed that there has been, a you know, a complete divergence between the market and – the economy because of the Fed. I think everyone 100 percent agrees with that because, I mean, it's clear. I mean, you there, know, there was a really good – The market shouldn't be up and we're still there was, struggling to, you know, is, you know, what is it? It's up almost 200 percent in yeah. the last – and the economy is still trying – we're just – we're still talking traction. I think everyone agrees. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever said that we think the, the economy there, there is was, really robust. I got a there great was, stat for you really okay. quickly. The market just had – the bull market – just surpassed its 2,000th calendar day, uh, which makes it the fourth longest or, or I mean, it's the fourth longest bull market on record just in terms of time. It's also the fourth biggest bull market in terms of how much it's rallied. Yeah, yeah. It's up almost 200 percent. So this is dating back since 1928. This is now the fourth. Uh, and the, the top three, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think the, one of them is the one in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, this is the fourth, fourth Was biggest. one in the 60s? Yeah, I think, I think that's correct. Long, yeah. I mean, you just don't uh, want to hear someone say that, like, you know, there's any sign of improvement. No, no, no. It was a really good post this week. Uh, Washington Post wrote it up, and they were basing it on a report from the Economic Policy Institute, which does they do they're left leaning, but they do really solid work on on data and, and economy and jobs. And they just crunched numbers, and and I don't think this is any real shock. But what they found is that, except for I think it was the top five percent of wage earners, except for them, everyone's wages have gone down since two thousand and seven. And I know we always talk about wage growth, and I talk about wage growth, and we get these numbers, no, and it's usually an overall number. And you say, oh, wages are about equal. They, they've been the overall wage growth number has been about even with inflation, which is kind of flat. But if you start breaking it down by by earnings, by how much yeah. money people make. Apart from the top five percent, everyone has seen their their wages, their real inflation adjusted wages go down. It's to really, me, it's really that is it's really depressing. That is the real economy. That is what is wrong with the economy right now. That is what Fed policy cannot touch. So that, how do you fix? Uh, that? No, I mean I, I think you you I mean uh, if I knew how to fix that, I would be <laughs> in Washington no. making a lot of money and taking campaign contributions and getting fat and becoming a. a Kleptocrat myself. I mean, uh, the, the, the thing is, like, the, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, the reality, Steve, is the Fed's not unaware. And no, all they're not. Fed, and Janet they're, Yellen they're, is keenly attuned. No, to but us. also they're fully aware that their policies have also who they've helped. 
I mean, it's not just that the way, you know, you talk wages and they've increased to the top 5%. It's also the wealthiest Americans are the one who's benefited the most from, you know, the stock market, you know, going up 200%. Asset inflation, mm-hmm. which is what the Fed has been trying to do. I mean, they, they're explicit. They've, you know, they've tried to inflate asset prices because, the, you know, they're hoping that will eventually trickle into the rest of the economy. No, but my, my question think, is, you know how does, how uh, does but, wage but, growth... But this is, I mean, the Fed is hoping that this, you know, will trickle into the rest of the economy. It will get companies to start investing. It will get, you know, individuals to, you know, and eventually that makes it into hiring and, and, and we're, we're wage six growth years, and We're stuff. six years into but, that hope. Right. But, I mean, that's like, I mean, uh, but, I mean, uh, that is how bad. Right. I mean, you know, 1929 – you know, was the start of the Great Depression. 1937 was worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're in, when you've gone through something that was as destructive financially as a financial crisis that gets to the, that gets to the heart of the financial system, it takes a long, long time for it to get in traction. Yes. And and the Fed, you you know, we 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 came to this belief. You know, for far too long, that the Fed and monetary policy were almost all powerful. That they could, you know, we they could protect us from mm-hmm. these, and we learned very quickly that they couldn't in this financial crisis. You know, protect us from another Great Depression or you know, you know, a severe yeah. recession. And you know, what we're learning is that they're also limited in their ability to get us out of it. All right. You know what I would like to do. You mentioned the Bernanke thing. This made me think about this earlier this week. I don't know if we'll really do it, but I'd love to go back and look at everything he was saying during that time because I thought it was very notable what he said. That was a uh, he was testifying in the AIG case, yeah, and he said that you know they knew that if they didn't do anything within two weeks, twelve of the thirteen biggest banks were going to fail. Yeah, and it probably would have been thirteen of thirteen last night. I mean, the only one they but, thought, and he said this many times, yeah. the only one that they believe would not have failed was J.P. Morgan. Right. And I, you know, I would and, 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 and I would not, and I would agree with you. I mean, if all those banks had failed, right. I mean, it is, you're, you have a panic of such epic proportions that I, I mean, within two weeks, J.P. Morgan might not have failed within two weeks. And if that's, but I wonder, I, but I would I like mean, to know, I would like to, to, it would have been back. hard on J.P. Morgan. <laughs> I would like to go back and see what they were saying at the time. Cause I know that everything was dire. Everyone knew things were bad. But I don't think they were saying things that were that bad because they knew that if they really said what was going on, they were going to start an even yeah. worse panic. And I just think it's it's something that people need to keep in mind. And it doesn't mean that these guys are, are, are snowing us, but you just have to keep that in mind when you're listening to banking officials, government officials. They, were, they have a vested interest in trying to make you think things that, that things are better than they might actually be. Well, I mean, I think so. When I hear people now telling me that, oh, we're optimistic, oh, we're hopeful, oh, we think things, I I take all that with a very large grain of salt. Well, I mean, I I think I think uh, I think there is, and I I generally agree one hundred percent with what you said. But I do think in a period of the you know that you're talking about, it's unfair to necessarily say um, to compare that period to any others because anything that Bernanke was saying. When you have a financial panic um, on your hands and you have a central bank figure, they have to be extraordinarily careful oh, yeah. and guarded with what they say. I mean, they almost shouldn't even be talking um, because, you know, they say one, like, you know, little thing and you. Right. I mean, remember, was, uh, remember. Who was the European well, guy the Paulson, who said it? Paulson was an um, interesting one. Um, Hank Paulson, when he, you know, used the bazooka uh, metaphor 
to describe, you know, um, you know, the, yeah, his the, 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 the his, rescue uh, of Fanny tarp, and Freddie. It became tarp. Yeah. Uh, no, no. This is this is Fanny and Freddie, and he said, you know, you, you know, if you have a bazooka in your, and and the markets, you know, freaked out about that and made him use it. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know. What who I think was is the EU guy who said, "When things are bad enough, you have to lie." Oh, oh who wrote, Izzo would know because he wrote. No, not Izzo. Pharrell wrote it up. I can't remember. He's an EU official. Yeah. Ah, it's going to kill me now. But ah, uh, I can't remember. But his quote was, "When things are bad enough, you have to lie." And I mean, I mean, hey, you know what? I don't want to depress everybody. But I mean, you know, I'll on a brighter note, gloomy, yeah. you know, <laughs> on a this bright, is supposed to be about predictions. But, but you start getting me going, guys. On, on a I brighter note, though, myself. Paul, you talk about how how do you know if company like if, how how can you trust what companies are saying in specific? Yeah, you're asking or, that, right? You know, government officials. or government officials. Yeah. I think what you're seeing now in terms of the economy that I think is different from the past few years is. CapEx spending is finally picking up now. That's something that everyone was talking about over the past three years saying, second half recovery, you're going to see a pickup mm-hmm. in CapEx. It's going to show more confidence that companies are spending more and they're going to hire more. And it'll, and it never materialized for right. any of those years. That's something that's different here in 2014 as opposed to the recovery, the previous recovery years of, tw- let's call it 20, 2009 to 2013. And so, M&A. And M&A too, the, the big boom in M&A. M&A which, doesn't impress me. And and that uh, that's a fair argument too. I mean, it's a lot of these I don't deals. Think, I don't think M and A helps the real economy. They're always cutting people to begin with, and all they're looking to do is save a couple dollars and give some lawyer fees out. M and A doesn't impress me as a driver of economic growth. No, no, no. What what it is is a sign of is confidence, because sign of easy money. What what M and A is 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 you know given the amount of that M and A fails you know it's over seventy five percent of deals fail which is and unbelievable loses, yeah that is a crazy step and loses value for uh, the company and loses value for the shareholders and execution is such a huge risk you know you as a you know a CEO or something like that t- people tend not to do M and A and this you can look at the cycles and they they bear this out completely they do not do cycles they do not do M and A when you know the economy is depressed or they're worried about the the state of the economy. They do M&A when they're confident in the economy. They're confident in their share price. They're confident in the direction of their company. And so I, I don't think it's necessarily a sign like, you know, where CapEx is like you can see they're buying more, you know, machines. That's good for the right. economy. And, they're, you know, they're hiring, you know, those are definite signs of like, you know, that are good for the economy. It's just I think it's a sign of confidence that, you know, that the CEOs are starting like looking aggressively at how to grow their company. And I think that it's a sign that like they'll also, you know, do spend more to, you know, build a new factory, things like that. That's no, all I'm I, saying. Look, look, I hope you guys are right. I hope you guys are well, right. The, no, it's not, the numbers are bearing it out right now. There could be a turn in the numbers, but the numbers are, right. are, well, are the, showing. They have that to right sustain now. it. They have to sustain right. it. That's right. We, and we I don't know. It's uh, and starts left and right. right you right. know, you're right. But yeah, look, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I, I don't, want to see I, things I, get better. That's the thing is, I don't think there's a right. I just, you know, I'm I'm willing to say yeah. that there are there are some positive. Some you know, I think there's more positive data now than there has been in this whole entire recovery. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Eh, but I think right. no, you're probably right about that. that. And I and I think you know, and that's hopeful. I'm yeah. hopeful. For All that. right, let's do. A, I'm not. Let's, let's be hopeful. Full of hope. Can let's we be hopeful? Can we do I got a little hope. Can we let's just? Can we end on a quick like? Can prediction about- fire fire round for a second. Like I want to I want to ask Paul and and Grosser, I want to ask like 
first thing that comes to your mind when I ask these questions. You okay. have like three seconds to answer them. Oh, God. I, I'm, right. I'm horrible. Ready? So, okay. Uh, we'll start with Vina, and then we'll go over to, <clears> to Grocer. <throat> so, Paul, S&P, end of the year. It's at, what, 1995? Is that 2000? Is that 2000? Uh, nah, 2050. 2050. GDP. 2014 GDP. 2-1. Low. Uh, jobs, monthly job growth. It's been over 200,000 now for six months six in a row. Seven, right, right. Does that, does that continue? Does the streak continue? Yes or no? Uh, it may not stay exactly over 200, but more or less I think it will continue. And when will the Fed raise rates? 2140. Tw- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, 2140. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's going to be 2015. Later. Later. Yeah, I think it's going to be later. Wow. Yeah. I think probably maybe 2016. So if it were to be later, that would be because the economy is because the economy stalls out, right? Because you're going to see again, you're going to see these fits and starts in the numbers. Things will look good, then they'll look bad, and the Fed will not be convinced, as they should not be, that the growth is real, that the numbers are real, and they're going to keep rates low for as long as they can. I think they push it out prior to 2016. I'm just guessing. I mean, you heard you know, it here. No darts at a board. But... Timestamp that August 2014. <laughs> I know. I like it. I His think predictions have always been wrong, though. So, like, I, I, you know, I mean, uh, I'm good on Jobs Friday. Good on Jobs Friday. Uh, yeah, that might be true. Grocer, what do you think Bad about those? Do you, do you do do you disagree with any of those, or do you more or less agree with 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 the sentiment? I was going to go lower on the S and P. Lower, gonna, lower than 2050. I think, I think we're going to finish right around where we are now. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see another five or seven pullback. Um, you know, probably leading into the election. Um, and then I think at the end of the year, they'll, you'll see a bounce back. It might be a little bit higher, might go up. I mean, I don't think he, we're way off on that. I mean, right, right, I mean, right. I could see it in this sort of range of 1980 to 2020, kind of. That's where I kind of my gut. I mean, I yeah, have no about, idea. Yeah, a couple percent. Right, it's not, yeah. that, not, not that a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the same with GDP. I think it's going to be in the twos. If I might, you know, go up to like, you know, two, three, two, four. What was the. What's the first half number now for GDP? You know, I didn't I didn't look when they did the first stab, when they had the 4% second quarter number yeah. and you averaged it all out, it was 1% for the first 1%. half, for the first half. So now they've revised it to 42. Okay, it so might it's be a little one. bit higher, but it, it's around 1. I mean, it's very very low. Yeah. So I'm like there. I would So you need to have a good second, 3% yeah. in the second yeah, half just to, to get to a, 2% for yeah. the year. A, you need to yeah. have a strong back 9. Yeah. <laughs> um I would generally um, say, oh, on raising interest rates, yeah. March or April. Of 2015? 2015. You're a little bit earlier. Okay. Not um, much, but it's a little no, bit No, no, that's about right in the six months. I think, I mean, I think the inf- inflation is going to force the Fed's hand. I don't think there's going to be necessarily a big enough uptick, but I think there's going to be enough concern. And, like, when I'm talking about raising rates, I think they're going to raise rates like a half of, right, right. you know, and, like, that's they're not raising very rates. very slow. And they're going to sit there. And I think they're going to sit there and they're going to see how, it, you know, everything reacts and then they'll do, you know. So, I mean, I mean, he, you know, he's saying they're going to go into 2016 with, you know, not raising, but I mean, if they go into twenty or twenty fifteen, no, you said twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. If they go into twenty sixteen with only a, you know point five, point five, I mean, right? Like you know, it's, is that really any different? Right. But I do think they they I think in, I mean they've been you know their inflation predictions have been way off, and I think you know I uh, I think 
inflation is going to force their hand. There's going to be enough. Yeah, that not have- that it's going to go. You know, we're going to. I'm not saying raging inflation or anything, but it's going to be enough to get enough. Like they have to the maintain- hawks are going to be nervous enough that they'll have to. They have to it's like a credibility something. issue. Yeah. You have to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Steve, answer uh, your own questions. I, I would say maybe around 2100 on the S and P. Oh, I think a little bit okay. more. I think that the, it is pretty bullish of a call. It, it's. It's pretty shocking how the market has not had a big pullback. And that's that's the one thing that I worry because it, we've been saying it for months now. The market is overdue for a pullback. And whenever it does come, everyone's going to say this is the pullback that we've been right. waiting for for so long. So that's the one thing that I'm a little worried about. But assuming that it continues on the trajectory now, I, I, I don't see why why it wouldn't keep going significantly higher for the – They could even have – I mean think about this. I mean you could even have a 10 percent pullback in September and October – and who knows how that election goes and how the market reads it. November and December, they could make it all back. Right, right. You really could. Yeah, easily. So, yeah, you have to answer. So, right? uh, GDP, uh, I, I, I think – I believe in America, baby. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I think 2.5 two, two for the year. I think you have a strong okay. back nine, 2.5 for the year. And raising rates, I would say summer of 2015. I know that there's that's pretty much in line with consensus, so it's not that – Sexy of a prediction, but I think somewhere in the middle of next year, I would. Yeah. Uh, inflation is definitely a concern, but even now, when you're talking about inflation, the Fed can stand, you know, it moving above its expectations, that 2% threshold. It can withstand that for several months, I think, because, you know, you've had so many months where it's been below that. So just it going over for a month or two doesn't necessarily mean that the Fed has to act immediately. But I, I agree with everything that you guys are all saying. So, you know, sometime around the middle of 2015. Yeah, so we're really not all that far yeah. off from each other. I think that's a good place to end it. And I like that we all are have con, you know consensus. Uh, this has been Steve Grosser with uh, Paul Vigna and Steve Russelil. And now this. Wix.com lets you easily create a beautiful professional website for free. With hundreds of stunning templates, cool features, and popular apps, you can get your business online today. Start now at Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot com.